good to be here today, and we're so so thankful to see Linda here, and uh, glad to have you back. We, we've missed you. I get to talk to Linda every day. We're texting buddies, but it's good to see you in the flesh today. So, Two weeks ago, we began our sermon series based off of the Newsboys song, We Believe. And we've talked about how it's hard for us to have 2020 spiritual vision in the year 2020 unless we know who we believe and in whom we believe. And we've looked at the chorus of this song for our lessons. The chorus says, we believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and he's coming back again. We believe. And two weeks ago, we started talking about God the Father, and we talked about names of, uh, that are used to describe him in Scripture and certain attributes about his character. And as Will talked about so eloquently just a few moments ago, we talked about the prodigal son, how God is represented in the father in that story. And when a child comes home, it's the nature, the character of your God to run toward him. Last week we talked about we believe in Jesus Christ, and we looked at a discussion that Jesus was having with his disciples where he asked them, who do people say that I am, and who do you say that I am? And our response to that question determines where we'll spend eternity. And today's sermon is titled, We Believe in the Holy Spirit. There's a story about a little boy who's flying a kite on a windy day, and the wind is so strong that it eventually takes the kite so high that it goes out of sight. And a man walks by and he says, what are you doing, son? He said, well, I'm flying my kite. And the man says, well, I don't see a kite. How do you know that the kite's still there? The boy replied, because I can feel it. We may not be able to see the Holy Spirit physically every day in our lives, but we should be able to feel it and sense the power that it brings over us. The power where it is at work, he is at work making our lives more and more into the image of Christ. There's a four-year-old boy who's visiting his aunt's house, and his aunt is pregnant with her first child. And she lets the little boy put her hand, put his hand on her stomach, and she can feel the, he can feel the baby kicking in there, and he says, well, how does the baby get out of there? Well, she wanted to keep it simple. She said, well, the doctor is going to help me. You got a doctor in there too, he said. Of course, she didn't have a doctor in there. But to get the help from a doctor, she'd have to get in the car, drive to the emergency room, and wait there for who knows how long until the doctor was available. Having a doctor to help would definitely be easier for a pregnant woman. The Bible tells us God believed that as Christians, our lives would be far much easier if he were inside of us, helping us, out. Does the Holy Spirit help you out this morning? Does the Holy Spirit help you out this morning? Amen. Right? Well, Gibson asked me this morning, hey, do you have a scripture for me to read? And I, oh, I never want to say no to that answer because, or to that question because I think it's awesome that he wants to read scripture. So he's going to come forward here and he's going to read for us Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. Go ahead, buddy. But when set time... The set time has fully come. God sent his son, the born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that might receive adoption with two sons. Because you are his son, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba the Father. Amen. Thank you, buddy. Good job. Good job. 
I'm pretty proud of that fellow. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's really awesome. So God says, hey, your lives are going to be easier as Christians because I'm going to be inside helping you out. But you know, it's unfortunate to me that sometimes maybe the Holy Spirit is shrouded in this cloud of mystery in the church, right? We don't maybe fully understand or appreciate it or appreciate him. And if you would ask most of us to say what we believe about God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit, we probably would claim to know a lot more about God the Father and God the Son, right? The Holy Spirit is something that maybe we don't understand as well as we should. And there's some reasons for that. Number one, he's not like us, right? If we were able to comprehend easily all the things of God, all the things of the Son, and all the things of the Spirit, then he would cease to be God. But God gives us enough of a glimpse to understand the things we need to understand about him. But there's a lot of things about the Holy Spirit that's difficult to understand. Also, I think we tend to maybe overreact because of false teachings maybe we've heard from other religious groups. Maybe other religious groups have a distorted view of the Holy Spirit, so we've put so much focus on their teachings about the Holy Spirit that we've underemphasized it in our own lives, maybe limiting in our own minds the power that the Holy Spirit has. And I think one of the reasons maybe we don't understand a lot about the Holy Spirit is because we study about him a lot without even realizing it. When you see things like God, the word God in Scripture, you usually think about the Father or maybe the Son. But there's a lot of verses in the Bible where the word God is mentioned, but the context would only make sense that it's referring to the Spirit. There's lots of times in both our Old and New Testament where the word God refers to all three parts of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I hope this morning we can get beyond what other people think about the Holy Spirit. I hope that we can get beyond maybe our own misunderstandings or misconceptions and look at the truth of God's Word and what He says about the Spirit of God. Because church, it's awesome. It is awesome. Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, I want us to think this morning and show this morning. The Holy Spirit is a personal being. The Holy Spirit is God and has the authority of God. And the Holy Spirit is a distinct part or member of the Godhead. Many people think of the Holy Spirit as a vague or impersonal being. But the Spirit of God is an active force that he uses to accomplish his will. He's a personal being. We see the word he or his or himself, these pronouns, take you back to English class, these pronouns are used to describe the Holy Spirit approximately 20 times in Scripture. But here's the thing. If Satan gets me to believe the lie that the Holy Spirit isn't personal, some vague thing out there, then he's done a lot of what he needs to do to destroy me. If, the Holy, if, if, the, if Satan can get me to believe that God, uh, the Holy Spirit isn't real or is just kind of there, maybe God doesn't really live inside of me, if God is impersonal and doesn't care, then that makes me feel all alone, Right? makes me feel isolated and and Satan likes that he wants you to feel isolated but these are lies because the Holy Spirit is personal he's real and he does things that only a personal being can do scripture tells us this the Holy Spirit hears and guides we read in John 16 13 but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth he will not speak on his own 
He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. That's a personal attribute, right? To be able to hear, to be able to speak. 15, John 15, 26 tells us, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. He's a personal being because he speaks. He has a will. I don't mean that piece of paper that you sign that says where all your stuff goes. I mean he has a will, a desire. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. He's a personal being because he teaches. Luke 12, 12, For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. You got a difficult conversation coming up with somebody? Remember, the spirit that dwells in you as a Christian will teach you what to say. That's powerful, church. Another personal attribute. The Holy Spirit loves. Romans 15, 30. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God and for me. There are all kinds of scriptures that prove the Holy Spirit is a personal force, a personal being. He can be lied to. He can be blasphemed. He can be insulted. He directs us, guides us. And we can keep on going. But it's fair to say Scripture shows us time and time again the Holy Spirit is personal, a personal being. The Spirit in whom we believe is personal. And He is engaged in your life as a Christian. If you don't believe the Holy Spirit is engaged in your life, then talk to Betty Chapman. Hi, Betty. Time after time after time, nearly every time I talk to Betty, she's always excited to share with me how there is a need somebody has, and then you know what happens not very long after that's known? The need is met. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. That's the spirit. Somebody needs size 11 and a half shoes, double wides. They show up, right? Somebody needs a, a particular item of clothing or something for their house, and there's needs. Sometimes Betty tells the people about these needs. Sometimes she doesn't. But guess what? God provides. That's the spirit at work. Thinking about my brother Michael Kwan this morning. Three years today is his anniversary of being sober. If you don't believe the Holy Spirit's at work in your life, just take an inventory. Look at your life. Think about your prayers that you've prayed in the past. Maybe they didn't come to be and the answer wasn't there that you prayed for, but God still gave an answer. And I guarantee you this, even though you may not see it now, it's for your good. Church, the Holy Spirit is personal. He's engaged in our lives as Christians. He's powerful and he's helping us out. Do we let him? That's the big question. We also know the Holy Spirit in whom we believe has authority. He is God. The Holy Spirit is called God. In Acts chapter 5, we read of two folks named Ananias and Sapphira. They had some land, and they sold the land, and they laid all the money at the apostles' feet except for the fact that they didn't because they kept some of it back for themselves, and they lied to God. And here we see Peter referring to the Holy Spirit as God. Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, was it the money at your disposal? 
What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not just lied to human beings, but to God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit was active in creation itself at the very beginning. Genesis 1-2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Who gave us the scriptures? Who gave us our Bible? The Holy Spirit. That's exactly right. 2 Timothy tells us all scripture is what? God. God breathed. Exactly. And we're told in Job... We are told in Job that the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. So we can conclude our scriptures come from the Holy Spirit in whom we believe. We as people of God, as Christians, we're God's temple. We read in Ephesians 2, 20-22, Build on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Do you give much thought to that? Do you give much thought to that? You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you as people of God. Let me ask you this. If I told you this morning that the governor was coming over to your house for lunch, what would most of you do? Some of you might run. But... But some of you might go home and clean, right? You might go home and fix and if, and if you don't like this governor, think about another governor. But somebody important is coming over. What are you going to do to get ready? You're going to make sure your house is presentable, right? You're going to make sure it's all cleaned up and everything's fixed just right. The point is you're going to prepare for that because it's important. The Spirit of God himself is dwelling in you today. That is powerful, church. Do we give it much thought? I know we believe it, but do our lives reflect that we believe it? We have a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is God and has all the authority of God. So what are, what are his attributes? What are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? Well, we know that he's holy. He's referred to as holy about 90 times in Scripture. Hebrews 9.14, which Steve read for us, says that he is eternal. What, what do you know that's eternal? Not very much, right? Not very much. The spirit that dwells in us is eternal, but guess what? This is not eternal. Our bodies are not. They're temporary. But the spirit is eternal. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? God's Holy Spirit in whom we believe is eternal. He's omniscient or all-knowing. We read in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 10 through 11, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. He's all-knowing. Does that give you comfort today that your God's all-knowing? He's omnipresent or all-present. Psalm 139, 7 through 8. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Church, that's a powerful scripture. If you're feeling alone today, 
remember that that's a lie. We're promised that there's no place we can go where God's not already there. You know, maybe you're in darkness this morning. Maybe you're struggling with something that's coming up. Maybe there's a meeting coming up that you're worried about. Maybe there's a doctor's appointment where you're not sure you're going to get such good news. Maybe there's a difficult conversation that you have to have with somebody that you love. If you're a Christian and you're facing those things today, remember this. God is already on the other side of it. Amen? God is already on the other side of it. His spirit understands what you're feeling. And if you're worried about words you're going to say, his spirit will give that to you too. Listen. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. This is a tremendous benefit our God gives us that I miss a whole lot because my focus just isn't where it needs to be all the time. But God promises us. He promises you. There's no place you can go where he's not already there. Remember that. His spirit is with you. He's all-knowing and he's all-present. He is God and he is a distinct member of the Godhead. You know, some people have taught over the years that the Holy Spirit is actually the same thing as the Father or the Son. But I believe Scripture teaches us that there are three distinct beings. Whenever we see him referred to as the Spirit of God or Spirit of Christ, it may lead us to think that he's just an extension of one of them. But Scripture shows us he's a distinct person. He has his own will, we just read in 1 Corinthians 12, through 12 and 11. He's also mentioned in Scripture along with the other members of the Godhead, as being separate and distinct. You know, when Jesus is giving his disciples and he's given us our marching orders, what it is that he wants us to do, he says in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All three mentioned distinctly. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, Paul says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And of course, in Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, Gibson read part of this for us. There is only one body and one spirit, just as you were called in the hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Again, the three members mentioned distinctly. And think about Jesus and his baptism. Do you remember how that all happened? Jesus is baptized. And as he's baptized, what do those there hear? They hear the voice of God. God says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Can you imagine being there that day and hearing that? I mean, think about what you, how you feel when you hear James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman say something, right? You just got, you got to get chills, right? Because they've got such deep and uh, just awesome voices. What about hearing the voice of God himself say, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So you see, all three are present because we're also told in that scripture that the Spirit of God descended like a dove and rested upon Jesus. So you have the Son, the Father, and the Spirit, all three present there together at the baptism of Jesus Christ. Understanding the identity of the Holy Spirit is important. You may be saying, well, why is it so important that we understand this or understand that this person or uh, this distinct part of the Godhead? It's crucial, church, 
it's crucial because we can't give him the proper honor and respect that he deserves if we don't consider him divine. Now, I find it hard for us to claim to be saved if we're constantly rejecting and denying the person and the identity of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not an impersonal force. He's to be worshipped just as we worship God the Father and God the Son. He's the third person of the Godhead. Do you believe him today? You know, don't you want God inside of you helping you through this life? Don't we all want that? You know, I believe that there's so many situations that God's Spirit will lead us to if we listen. There's so many ways we can serve other people, and we've all got experiences with this, and we've had situations occur over our, over our lives. Maybe we've realized it, maybe we don't. But there's certain situations where you just feel that tug of the Spirit telling you, go here, do this, say this, offer this, smile. <laughs> Sometimes it's that simple, church. And when we do that, we serve God in ways we've never imagined. When we listen to the Holy Spirit in our lives, when you listen to the Holy Spirit in your life, it's going to lead you to go places you've probably never been. It's going to lead you to talk to people you may have never spoken to. It's going to lead you to do things maybe you thought you'd never do or maybe you thought you're not qualified to do. So what? Listen and follow. Because when we do, we're going to be blessed in ways we've never imagined. The question is, do we listen to the Holy Spirit? Do you follow him? You know, the first step is to receive him by being baptized into Jesus. Scripture tells us when we're baptized into him, our sins are washed away, we're made brand new, and we receive the gift of God's Holy Spirit. And from there, our job is to acknowledge him, follow his guidance, let him lead. Here's our challenge this week. Pray to God the Father that all of us, pray for each other, that all of us hear and follow his Holy Spirit. And then here's another challenge. Share with somebody where that led you. Share with somebody the way God blessed you to serve or God showed you something you'd never seen because God is all around us, amen? His Spirit is leading us. You know, there's certain times I can look back and I can think, I did this because X, Y, and Z. But then you look back and you know that was God's hand guiding you through these situations. And there's some instances where we know this. But church, there are far more other instances that I'm convinced God saves us without us even realizing it. Because his spirit is active and he wants what's good for us. The question is, do we follow him? Pray for each other this week. Pray for yourself. Let's pray together that we follow God's Holy Spirit. And when we do this, watch out because we will be changed. Do you want to have 2020 spiritual vision in 2020? If so, you got to follow God's spirit. You know, at this point, we traditionally invite folks to come down to the front if they have a need as we stand and sing. But we're going to change that up just a little bit this morning. We're going to play our song. And as we play this song, our elders are going to be waiting at the back of the auditorium. And if you have something this morning that you, you want to talk about, something you're struggling with, or if you have some praise that you want to praise God for, we're going to be back there. You're welcome to come back and share with us any way, anything that you have, any need we can meet. If you're not a Christian, man, we'd love to help you be baptized into Jesus today. If there's anyone this morning who has a need, we want you to come now as we listen to this song.